Again, welcome to Threads of Enlightenment. As usual, I like to take this time and welcome our guests because, again, I know they're coming with a couple of things that I personally deem expensive. Time. It is one of the most precious commodities known to mankind. Yet all and majority of us misuse it. We all have 24 hours. And what we do with it will tell a lot about us. The other, the journey. The journey houses so much. Disappointments. Um, pain, beauty, all of that messy stuff that makes us who we are. And we're honored to have Ryan to come and share some of this messy stuff so that we can learn and become wise as a result of all of his tools, his wisdoms that he used to get from where he was to where he is today. Ryan, thank you for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Ken. Uh, when I was looking to find a podcast to do, uh, yours really stuck out to me because as where I sat today, uh, I'm I'm the director of marketing at an Inc. 5000 uh, marketing company, mm -hmm. full service marketing company, national marketing company. And I also have a boutique business on my side, plus three other businesses that I run, plus being a business coach, <laughs> plus being a father of five. Nice. So, so where I've gotten in life today that I am completely a happy individual that loves to live my life. There, there was a lot of years there was, I'm 45. There was, there was a good 25, 30 years in there. I, I wasn't a very happy human being and I didn't. And, and my journey from how to get there to where I'm at now I think would resonate with with a lot of your listeners. Yeah, I also did the marketing, the direct of marketing um, uh, thing as well. And I know the demands of that position. And then you have all the others and being the father also. I know how that is because um, I was a single dad and I had my boys that were there walking with me and learning with me. And it was a beautiful mess. And they came out pretty decent. So here you are, Ryan. Talk to us because we like to visit the first location I tell people by which we get a chance to reside for a little while. And that is called the home. It is the first lab by which we get um, the programming begins, if you will. We have a couple of entities that are vying for our attention. We have mom and dad, the family. We have society as a whole. We have our religion. We have educational system, uh, corporate system, all these entities out there that are just trying to get you and I, uh, our attention to tell us what we ought to look like, how we ought to behave, and they label it normal, Ryan. So talk to us as to your family, how uh, normal was it when you were coming up as a young lad? Uh, th that's the funny thing about home. Of course, it was normal to me growing yeah. up because that's all I ever knew. Uh, but it was very oppressive. I, I live in a very small community in the Midwest. It was very authoritarian, uh, very religious, but not the warm and braceful type of religious. <laughs> uh, and, and to me growing up, it was just, it, it was just the best word I can say is oppressive. Yeah. My parents were extremely young when they had me. So understand that I carry a lot of forgiveness in my heart for, for that. Yeah. But my, my, my dad was 18 and my mom was 17 when I was born and, mm. and they were young and they were poor and they had their struggles. And, and around the time I got to 18, 19, 20, I realized how immature, emotionally immature, uh, you know, looking back now, 
that I couldn't imagine trying to do all the things they did at that age. So I, I cut them a lot of slack, but, but it still like puts you on a trajectory, no matter if it was good, bad, loving, warm, cold, just like you said, it's like a launch pad. Yeah. So, so coming out of that impressive environment, oppressive environment, I, I just, I don't know. I, I didn't know a whole lot. I only knew what I was allowed to know. Wow. I've been there, if you will, um, familiar with it. So how, this young man that didn't know what he was allowed to know, um, how did he function when he began to move forward in his life, if you will, heading in um, out of the small town, out of that uh, control? How did he begin to take the steps to move forward and where did he go? Uh, I, I moved very poorly <laughs> to, to be real honest, uh, at 16, 17 years old, I thought I knew everything. So I walked into the counselor's office, conned my parents into letting me drop out of school. Cause I was going to continue my education elsewhere. <laughs> got my GED two weeks later. Yeah. Um, so, so I dropped out, got my GED. So I was done with high school by about 16 and a half. And I entered the world of construction. Like, like in the mid nineties, you could do that. Yeah. You could be 16 years old and go hod carry and do construction. And at, at the same time, I started experimenting with uh, things that I was never allowed to do because I had freedom. Yeah. I had freedom and just like I was only allowed to know things. So and I know I'm talking hard drugs, but started smoking weed a little bit, started drinking a little bit, started having some freedom and started exploring the world. And that set my brain on fire because I just I wanted it all. Yeah. I wanted to consume everything. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to find everything. And and that was really the marker. Whatever trajectory I went, that was was really the birth of who I am today was that because I wasn't allowed to know everything, it kind of made me want to know everything. Yeah. When uh, with that desire, Ryan, of wanting to know everything, where did it begin to guide you? Was it towards the, um, uh, as you said, the natural realm for say, you know, the, the, the hanging out with the boys, if you will, or did it begin to move you to a different space, wanting to know the questions, if you will, what's going on, what are those things, the deeper things in life? Did it pull you in that direction or were you just like all of us, man? We, I, I did the partying for years, bro. So I just went to the other side. What, what was your <laughs> uh, way? How did you handle it? Actually, and we'll get to it, but the partying in my life didn't start until I was in my 30s. Nice. So, so like, 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 what, like what everybody would consider partying didn't start in my 30s. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how to diverge here because I had some mental health issues mm -hmm. uh, that, that it, to combine with your question, it, it made me want to know the question. Just It made me question everything. Mm -hmm. It made me question why I'm here, how I'm here, why is that a good idea? Why is that not a good idea? It, it made me question all those things, but mixed with high-level anxiety, ADHD, and depression, it led me down some dark roads. Yeah. It led me down some dark paths, some dark roads, especially emotionally, because, because my childhood, and I promise I'm tying this all in, because my childhood was so oppressive, yeah. I had a hard time with personal relationships. Yeah making friends, keeping girlfriends, keeping whatever. So as I questioned why at that young age, I never questioned me. Yeah. I never questioned that becomes important later. On, I never questioned myself. 
I was young. I, what was that? I was young and I was dumb and I would never question myself, but I would question everybody around me. And with that mental illness made me kind of a jerk to be real honest. It made me, uh, so, so as I venture out and I question things, um, it made me a little hard. I I always wanted to learn the lesson the hard way. Let me put it that way. That, that it was never let me absorb knowledge. It was always let me berate you for knowledge. <laughs> I tell people, my sons, they used to say to them, Ryan, there are a couple of teachers outside um, that are waiting besides me. And uh, one of them, um, she really doesn't care how, go- how handsome you look, how beautiful you think you are, how smart you think you are. But she's waiting there. She's called life. And if you mm-hmm. don't know, I said, you will have an introduction to her. And based on how you respond, she's going to kick your ass. So here you are moving through oh, yes. <laughs> life, if you will, Ryan, and being a jerk. And you were dealing with some questions about um, some pain that you were carrying, some darkness that you were familiar with. As you are moving through this life and you're as you said, you were hard on, on others. Um, as you're moving and guiding through getting into your older ages and so forth, um, how did you begin to manage your life? This hardness, the dark space that you were, again, looking at uh, the years coming ahead of you in retrospect, how did you move through that? Uh, I'm, we're going to fast forward a little bit because yeah. from about the time that uh, 18 to 20, uh, I was, then I moved into factories. I was a truck driver. I got married three times. Uh, I started keeping my education, but this was all just a mess. Yeah. Uh, I, I had three kids, but when you get to about eight years ago, I had a moment in my life and it gets pretty dark after, after all of these things that I, that I mentioned in, in 10 seconds, yeah. that was, that was a giant untreated walking trauma response of my life. Yeah. I came to, I, I, I came to a resolution and um, I, I, I sat down and I, I looked at this mess of a life that I had made and how I interacted with other people and be with other people. And I had to make a decision to either change or get off the earth. And as I sat down and, and I remember the moment, I, I sat down and I'm like, man, I, I'm a failure. I've never amounted to anything. I'm I'm still a truck driver. I'm I've got some mild successes in life, but all I have is this pain. Yeah. It's just burden and it just fills me up. And I was I was debating checking out. I was debating being done, shaking myself from the mortal coil. Yeah. And at the time I smoked cigarettes. And I'm like, all right, so I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna have this cigarette. And as soon as the cigarette's done, I'm done. We're going to, we're, we're going to punch the ticket. And as I took the last drag off of the cigarette, I have the scar on my arm right there that I put it out on my arm and it was like a slap in the face. And I'm, I'm I'm not, I'm not saying self-harm is a good thing. There's no way, but I don't even remember making the choice to do it. And from when I got up at that moment, I had made my choice. If I'm going to stay here, I'm going to be better and I'm going to do better. And that is really when the journey to who I am today kicked off in full swing. I call it uh, the day of our visitation, Ryan. Um, And I tell people this. I said, we don't know who we are. We truly don't until that day. Um, And I'll explain why. Because it's that place. Until then, we're living 
usually program based from mom, dad, or whatever else, family, all the different pain that we're having. We're in this, uh, uh, we're living out of this pain. And we were all there. And that day of visitation comes and one sits there like you did. Um, it manifests, I believe, Ryan, that we call it. And this is the reason why, because only you and I know what would grab our attention. And if it didn't grab our attention, it wouldn't change us. We, we just flip right back into the madness. Right. So we know on a deeper level, and I believe because of the pain, and I believe this, I believe this is my personal thing. The, uh, the, in the religious realm, they call it the soul of the man, and most people call it the, um, the, uh, uh, the mind, the, the uh, subconscious mind. That person, the subconscious mind, is meditating all day long. Whatever pain mm -hmm. you're in, it's rehearsing it, rehearsing it over and over and over and over, and it's becoming monsters. Now, when you alert him and you're sitting there and you're about to make your decisions to check out and so forth, and I believe the greatness that is within us only shows up, Ryan, I believe, when it's dark as heck, because we need that creator that is in us. If things are going okay and we could, we could pull it off, even if it's a mess, but when we need that creator, we have an opportunity to sit down and it wakes this way. We make a decision, and then that decision, Ryan, we believe that damn thing more than anybody else. And we will get up Absolutely. and take, take the steps necessary to make what we had just said, even though it's a dark, painful thing, bring it to pass. What were your first steps? Well, after you stood up there, your, the pain is burning in your hand because we know, you know you're looking at it now. What was that was happening in your mind, uh, Ryan? What was the conversation that you began to have in your mind as to how am I going to fix that? Um, that, that, wow, uh, that's a good question. Um, I basically, looking back, it was just being stubborn. Yeah. Uh, that I, I, I picked this decision and I never wanted to be here again because yeah. unfortunately this wasn't the first time I was there. This wasn't the first time I had felt that way. Yeah. This isn't the first time that I had made my life a mess and, and thought about checking out to get out of it. Um, bad feelings are just as good as good feelings. Yeah. I've always, I, that's what I've come to learn to believe that setting there. My mind went, I never want to feel this way again. Yeah. I never want to experience this again. I never want to have this pain again. And if you look at all the bad experiences in my adult life, I'm the common denominator. Yeah. I'm the one that is making this hard on myself. So my, my first path was never be here again. Make a dedication to myself stubbornly throughout, through my whole heart and being and mind. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to sit here like this again in my life. It's just not something I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and sticking to that, became really hard, but it became my motivation yeah. that for some reason, if I can keep this promise to myself, everything else is going to be okay. And, and after that, I started looking up, um, 
I, I remember I found a podcast and it was about secular Buddhism and it just kind of clicked with me. And it, that morning I'm looking for things and I'm looking, yeah. I'm reaching back out to religions past. I'm yeah. <laughs> reaching out to friends. I'm reaching out to whatever, but I found a podcast and it was about Buddhism and secular Buddhism and the way they were talking about just how pain is life is suffering and, and the way that he took through the steps and the, whatever it resonated with yeah. me. I, I, for years, I wasn't a religious person. I still really, I'm a spiritual person. And, and that's what it means to me is, yeah. is that was my first two steps is, is acknowledging I never want to be here again. And then that day in that week, I just searched for things and ways because I've always been a naturally curious person. Yeah. So I just started digging through everything I'd been through with my life to try to find that thing to help with my motivation. Yeah, you have to engage the other parts of you that are residing there mm -hmm. that um, yes. is dormant because of our behavior and our programming. It's just dormant. And so you have to bring him yes. into the game, that other part of you that is sitting there that have the wisdom, the strength. Um, all it needs is some information. And as you provide the information, you guide, you go get the information. It, it, yes. it, it wakes it up. You'll feel it. You know when, like you, you heard the podcast oh, yeah. and, and you're like, yeah, it, it was this guy inside going, yeah, that's what I need to do. I need to now. And so what you did was you be, be, hit a beeline to grab any kind of information to give him some stuff to work with. So as you began to give him some stuff, uh, uh, Ryan, what were some of those stuff that you began to give to him to help him to move you through from point A to point B? What were some of those uh, tools that you started bringing into your life to help you? Uh, what One of my first biggest ones was meditation. Yeah. Uh, D direct focus meditation. Yeah. Now, I, I've always been hard on myself. I've always been, been, been extremely hard on myself and meditation was always hard because you're supposed to focus, yeah. focus on your breathing. Well, my, my, my mind would drift and I would be really hard on myself. I'm like, Oh, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to get this yeah. right. Right. And I was really hard on myself. And then I downloaded an app with guided meditation. Mm -hmm. All right, let me try guided meditation. Yeah. And it was so weird. Just some random app changed my entire life because the lady's voice said, breathe in, breathe out. Yeah. If you find your mind drifting, gently tell yourself to come back in. Yeah. And I was like, what? You can gently talk to yourself. <laughs> you can gently tell yourself to do things. That's new. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like so far it was like the most demeaning thing ever. Like if I get off task and I'm a failure and I'm bad and I'm never going to be able to get at this, I'm always going to be bad at this. But that lady's stranger's voice in, in the, my ear that said, gently bring yourself back to center. Don't be hard on yourself. I'm like, I, I didn't even know that it was an option. Yeah. And, and, and Ken, I was 34 at the time. Wow. So I had made it through a lot of life. Yeah. Uh, being hard on myself and upset and, and, and all of those things when I found out that I could absolutely just be gentle. And, and, and from that moment, the next big moment, and I want to preface something that you said is that when you say reaching out to other part of you, yeah. I think the general way people function is they try to take the dark parts of them and they try to lock it in a basement yeah. and then then they spend their whole life fighting to keep that in the basement yeah the second thing that happened was i found out if i took those dark parts of me and invited them to dinner along with all the other parts of me yeah. 
and I stopped thinking of those pl- that pain, that trauma, the the issues I've had, my anger, my depression, my all those. If I just took them as a whole, and we all sat down for a dinner in my head, yeah. instead of keeping parts of me locked away, that was the second big revelation. Because after I was gentle, and after I finally had all parts of me setting with me, I felt like I could continue my, I could really begin this journey. Man, you're gonna laugh. Um, mine was uh, Kelly Howell with BrainSync. That uh, I uh, just one day I was looking for stuff. And I found Kelly Howell's uh, tape, and she has a whole series of different types of tape. And I brought her into my life, and uh, she, using her tapes, I was able to get and start uh, perfecting and getting into my meditation. And she uses brain waves, theta wave, delta waves, and all those stuff to help assist you and bring you into that state. The other part that um, I was saying that you're going to laugh at was that those dark parts of me, I used to have dinner with them. I would say, come on, guys, we need to sit down. Let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ryan, I would talk in in my house, man. I would sit down and and all my fears, all my shortcomings, we would sit down and we'd have a conversation. Okay, if this, what this, how did you do this and whatever. And having those conversation, conversation along with my meditation, propelled me in my personal growth, I think, much faster than had I just not, as you said, continued to hide hide them. I welcomed them. We had some really good conversations. Some of them, we, we parted company um, as we began to investigate their need. I don't need that anymore. Thank you for bringing me to where you have brought me. But I, I need to do something. And, and I had these type conversations, man. That's why I was saying, you, you, can, you can allow, I really did. And, but it really did help me, Ryan. It helped me to break through from one space to the other by having those, um, by invest, uh, inviting those guests to sit down and have a conversation, as you said earlier. I, I never sent any of them on their way. They're still there. Yeah. The protector from the childhood trauma, the angry gorilla that lived in my head mm-hmm. that broke so many relationships. Yeah. The, those those parts are still there, yeah. but I've retired them. Yes. I haven't sent uh, them on their go. way. Yeah. I gave them their own little comfy room <laughs> with all the amenities and gratitude yeah. because you got to understand – Sometimes those dark, angry, gorilla, demon, whatever you want to call it, parts at one point in time, like you said, were necessary. Yeah. When, when you're experiencing childhood trauma, they're necessary for protection. Mm-hmm. When you're experiencing adult trauma, they're, they're, they, they come back. When, when you have hard times, when you're hurt, when you're whatever, they're still comforting. They're still parts of you, and, and they don't deserve your self-loathing. Yeah. They deserve your self-love. Yeah. Those are the parts that really need a hug more than any others because that part of you was broke off and trained to be angry, to be mad, to be protective. They're just doing the thing that they knew how to do. And now that you're in a different part of your life that, that I crossed that bridge to where I'm like, I'm so appreciative of you guys, but you can't. You can't be part of this, so I'm going to give you your own little cool room with Nintendo 64 and 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 <laughs> beanbag chairs and all the things that you've ever wanted in life. You're done. You're retired. Yeah, so. I think I've mine. I told them I said thank you for bringing me this far, and um, I yeah. don't think that one of mine major one that I had to deal with was guilt, 
And I remember that that evening that we had a conversation. And I remember actually saying thank you so much for bringing me to this point in my life in this area. And I, from here on out, I got it. And I haven't had that thought of guilt coming back in any way, shape, or form from having that simple conversation. So, yeah, I get it. So here you are, man. You are inviting the guests. And meditation, I tell people, it's one of the most powerful tools you will ever invite into your life simply because it allows you to slow down your thoughts. It allows you now to begin to pick, uh, choose, to become the designer that you are. Uh, and you begin to allow certain ones in so that you can get a desired outcome from what these changes that are happening in your life from moving you from one space to another. Here you are, you're learning all of these things. You're bringing in meditation. You're beginning to talking, inviting the guests. What did you begin to notice, Ryan, as you were doing all of that? Looking at you, what did you begin to see different as you were moving from one space to the next? One of the things is we're talking about retiring parts of who we are. Uh, you ever turn your air conditioner off in your car because it's being loud and all of a sudden you hear a tick in the motor? Yeah. <laughs> because you didn't. Those parts that I retired were so loud that I didn't necessarily notice some of the other things that I was in. Yeah. Some of the other pain, even physical pain that I was in. Um, some of the reasons, the way I ate, uh, I, I, I emotionally ate. So I, I would, my weight would fluctuate. I would, I would look at myself and I would get disgusted and then I would slam weight and then I would grow weight and I would slam weight. And, and I always thought that was normal. So after I cleared out that part, then became the next level of being healthy yeah. being being physically healthy, um, that, that you kind of watch what you put into your body. You, I, I stopped smoking. I stopped, uh, I stopped drinking in excess. I stopped eating bad food. But as we can see, I have like fast. I still, yeah. every morning, certain mornings, I still get a, you don't have to cut it all off. But I noticed that my physical health. Uh, so I started taking care of my physical health because we had started, I, I'd taken the two or three steps to mental health. Yeah. And, and, and so physical health, they say half an hour a day of exercise works just as well as antidepressants. And that's true. Yeah. That's true. Just getting out, taking a walk, doing the things will help you put your mind in the place that it needs to be. Because anytime that you're coming out of a place of darkness, of trauma, of of guilt, of carrying this baggage, it's going to be a fight. Yeah. And if you've ever went to work tired, if you ever went to work hungover, you know how hard you have to fight through that day. But if you get a good night's sleep, you get rested and you go to work, you you can kind of make it better. So my next thing was to really focus on my physical health. And, and understanding how my physical health and my mental health tied in. Now, as a disclaimer, I didn't take protein shakes. I didn't go out and get a nutritionist. I just use common sense. Uh, it's not good to eat three fast meals, food, fast food meals a day. It's not great to drink a gallon of sweet tea a day. Yeah. Don't finish off a whole quart of ice cream when you're lonely. <laughs> like, like just certain yeah. how my mental health affected my physical health. Um, and, and with that one-two punch, my next step was finding professional mental health. Yeah. That was there. There was a lot of things I could do, but that was one that I couldn't do on my own. Yeah, um, I tell people make sure you get a team with you. And usually, I tell them if you're going to find help, make sure your helper has gone through some stuff, uh, because they need to be able to guide you through some treacherous terrain, if you will. 
And uh, my advice to people about things, I always say to them, every, um, everything in moderation, including moderation. So just, um, just make mm-hmm. sure that, uh, you know, your discipline, I've disciplined my, myself around where I can have a couple of spoonful of, of ice cream and I'm good. And people would look at me and said, how can you do that? It, would, it, it, it was hard. <laughs> Trust me, ice cream is one of my favorite things. And so I can have ice cream or something like that in the fridge. And my people look at me and say, how can you do that? And I said, you know, because, yeah, I was on the other side. And so, um, but I've learned that, that I can choose to do this and not do something because it's there. And so that's what most people will do. They'll eat it because it's there. Um, so here you are, you're moving, moving through and you're uh, addressing all of it. And I tell people self-love includes physical health too, mental health. You're seeking mm-hmm. all of that. As you're moving through and you've brought, expanded your team, if you will, um, and they began to uh, guide you through. As you're moving through now, uh, Ryan, how were you reacting to those that were in your space Uh your friends now, the people, because you said earlier that um, uh, based on your previous perspective, you were a little tough, a little harsh, if you will. So here you are, you're moving through, you're uh, getting a few things uh, uh, cleaned out. What was your relationships like now as you are moving fast, past all of those things? Better much for what friends and family I had at that point. Um, so I, 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 I I started getting what really helped was I started getting professional help. Mm -hmm. And I want to put this disclaimer right now, not all professional help is good help. And America has a mental health crisis of not making mental health care available to people on on the basis that we needed. I lucked out and through my insurance, I had $75 appointments through telehealth. That's, that's, that's the best I could do. And I had to go through four therapists for, I found one that helped me. And then I would have to go find a garage and I'd have to go get in the corner of a garage. So I would in a house with a family and I could, or, and I could do the therapy, but it made me self-aware and, and how that changed my relationships. Therapy made me self-aware. And then when I said something, cause I was being a jerk or, or whatever, um, uh, it, I would notice those reactions more. Yeah. I would notice the people that were like, oh, okay, so I'm being loud or I'm being too direct or, or I'm being weird or I'm being whatever, which are all things that, cool, you can be those things if you want to be. But if you have a goal to increase friendships, to understand people, to increase business, to increase your circle, you have to take those things in. Yeah. The, once again, those bad emotions. I, I, I realized that one of my best friends that I constantly hurt their feelings because I was just brutally honest Think about this, though, and this clicked in my head, too. I used to be proud. I was brutally honest. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm brutally honest. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. Most people that say that are more proud about the brutal part than the honest part. Yeah. And that is the issue. Yeah. And and so my interactions with people, I stopped being proud about that. I stopped I, growing kindness and empathy because all that damage, all that trauma, all that anger, all that whatever drowned all of that out. Yeah. 
empathy was weakness. Kindness was weakness. Uh, and, and as I learned and grew that kindness was, was, was just as important as everything else yeah. and, and gentleness at times and, and putting those feelings into the toolbox. Um, so, so as, as my relationships continued and as I went through therapy and became self-aware, I went from having a friend that could stand to be around me once in a while to now in my life, I have this enormous friend group, networking groups. Um, my life is full of people and they still think I'm a jerk. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> that's a beautiful part of it though. But, I'm the, <laughs> but, but, but I, I, but, but now I've learned limits. I've yeah. learned limitations. I've learned how to talk to people. I've learned how to rely on people. Yeah. I've learned to not only take from people, but how to add to their lives as well. Yeah. And, and that beautiful human interaction that I've been scared of for 35 years because of what happened to me now in my life has become something that I absolutely couldn't live without that, that my friends are just as important as my family. Yeah. I, I love how you, you put that. I, um, it's when one becomes um, skillful in living, I call it, um, Brian, when we began to um, put in kindness and empathy and all these things, we become a little more skillful as an individual. We're, um, we become aware because it's easy to be brutish, if you will. It doesn't take much to do that. Mm -hmm. But there is a degree yeah. of skill and tactfulness when one becomes aware. And you're saying the same thing in a different fashion with a little more skillfulness. And you become skillful. You become one that hears, a hearer a listener, all of these things, because you're moving through now. As you said, you began to look at your friends, look at people and seeing the, um, the reaction with your words and how they're receiving it. And you became a more skillful communicator as you access these other parts and things. And I tell people, don't be afraid of them because they think it's weakness and all these things. I'm like, no. You need to be um, skillful in order to use that because if you're not, then you could be uh, one, as you said, they're more interested in the pain than they were in anything else. And that's easy to do. But here you are, you're becoming a tactician in your communication skills, if you will. And you're moving through, you've got the help that you need and you're watching and paying attention. And one of the things, Ryan, a lot of people um don't think don't don't think they should fake focus on that paying attention in, in you watching watching you there's nothing mm -hmm. like watching you what happens is because you become more um responsible are you your whatever your behavior is you are now becoming a watchman if you will on your um, and you're holding yourself accountable talk about that for a little while uh, Ryan, because a lot of people miss it here. You, you need to take a, and and be responsible to yourself and and honor your words for yourself. I mean, you got if you can't do that, how are you going to honor your word when you you give it to your friend? Talk a little about that because that is a lesson that one must learn to become honorable to yourself first oh it goes back to, and i've said it repeatedly that bad feelings are good for you yeah um the, the accountability that i feel 
and, and that I took was uh, that you're exactly right. And I'm glad you brought it up. Keeping my word to myself. That's where it all began is that uh, to going back to the day I felt I was going to check out. Yeah. I promised myself that I was never going to be here again. And I, I kept that promise. And once it clicked in my head that I knew I was going to keep that promise yeah. without fail, then I started making other promises to mm -hmm. myself built on that promise, yeah. right? That I was going to be nicer to people. I was going to be kinder to people. I was going to focus on my career. I was going to set goals in my life that I wasn't going to screw off. I was literally going to get that goal. And, uh, so then when I would fail or I wouldn't be very nice to somebody or I would, I would get upset or yeah. I would do whatever it, going back to that gentle, I, I set myself down and went, this is not acceptable. Just like you would a 10 year old kid. Yeah. This is not acceptable behavior. We don't fart at church. We don't, yeah. we don't do that. Just in the same, just in the same general construct as you would talk to a 10 or 11 year old. Yeah. Is that's what I started doing with myself because the the, the weird thing is is we we age chronically or chronologically mm -hmm. right and chronically I guess yeah. but chronologically um uh, uh and and we get bigger and we get and it's me and you can see we get gray in our beard and yeah. we get older and we get whatever but that person inside of us has an emotional intelligence that unless you focus on yeah. they stay. So I had to f dial back in my brain and figure out how old that inner me was. Yeah. And when I figured that out, that's the sort of accountability I took because that inner me was still 10, 11, 12, 13 in places. So I, I, I would set that part of me down. I'm like, you screwed up today. Yeah. You got mad at this person for no reason. That's not acceptable behavior. We don't do that here. I expect you to be better. And then those talks were often infrequent, but not devastating. Yeah. And then as I went through life and, and I went through the years, I have less and less those talks with myself because it's not about how many times you fail. Yeah. It's about every time you fail, you've moved forward on that goal just a little bit yeah. more. Success is never linear. So if I failed on a personal goal of how I treated people, how I thought, thought process, I got away from meditation, started drinking heavy again to deal with problems, yeah. started whatever, it was that gentle callback, but always keeping it with accountability. Because my last point on this is if you constantly move the goalposts, oh, it was okay that I got drunk yeah, this Saturday. Yeah. Oh, it was okay I yelled at that person. You, if you ever move those goalposts once and, and bleep, if you need to bleep this out, no one bullshits themselves like you'll bullshit yourself. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And as long as you cut that and you made sure that you didn't allow yourself to do that to yourself and that you made sure that you kept your word gently, that sort of accountability is the sound record of accountability that you can stick with and will literally change your life because you're not moving those goalposts. You're, you're, you're talking to yourself as you deserve and you are keeping yourself accountable on a consistent basis and keeping within line with the goals that you've set with yourself. Yeah. I mean, that, that's it right there, Brian. There's a lot of people that move the goalposts. I mean, I've, I've seen them and I've seen them, get there and then they move the goalposts. And then the next thing you know, you look at them a couple of years later and you're like, whoa, what happened? And what happened was that they kept moving the goalposts. What uh, Ryan had just said, this is wisdom like you do not know. Pay attention to some of those things because it is important that one must hold yourself accountable. The minute you break a promise to you, 
you will break a promise to anyone else. And so you have to be that litmus test by which you are now going to treat others. And so here you are, you've uh, applying all of these principles. And I want to go back into now that this guy that was having all of this uh, stuff professionally, in and out, marriage, all over the place. How did you begin to, Ryan, start to navigate back? Because you have your team member. You are now applying all these other tools in your life to usher you. You're watching, monitoring your behavior. You're having some conversations with yourself. How did you begin to now navigate and become uh, one that is able to be um, in the professional arena and standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with, with the best of them, if you will, and having the title and all of those type things. How did you navigate back? Because you remember you said when you're sitting down with the cigarette talking yourself, you said, I failed, I'm a failure, I'm all of these things. How did he begin to now pivot and move forward on that road of what we call success? And I tell people success is what you measure to use. Don't look at someone else's life and, and that's not that's not that's not where it is, man. It's all about you. How did you begin, um, Ryan, to move forward? How did you uh, open those doors those doors again? It's kind of a combination of everything that we've talked about. Um, one thing that I haven't really talked about, I was a stand-up comedian for a, for, for a few years yeah. in this. And then I started podcasting, and that got me into marketing. Uh, as, as people were wanting to market on my podcast, I was, I was doing that marketing because I was doing the graphic design and art for it. And yeah. I figured out if I learned more about marketing, I wouldn't have to farm that out, and I could take more of the money. Yeah. So that's kind of greedy, but still... <laughs> uh, but but over the years, I became better and better at it. So then I got into terrestrial radio. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, I had a couple shows, did the morning show for a couple, three years on terrestrial radio. Just taking those chances, taking those opportunities and being that self-aware of noticing when I did the bad things, when I did things that made my bosses unhappy, my coworkers unhappy. But you got to understand if you're a truck driver, bartender, factory worker, you have a certain persona that doesn't necessarily just drop into the professional world. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to make some people upset. You're not going to be the guy that everybody is like, oh, well, well, Ken sure does know what he's doing. And man, he looks professional. You're going to come in dropping F-bombs, telling dirty jokes, yeah. because that's what you're used to. Yeah. You're going to always stick to what you're used to. So one of the big things is I did do a little job hopping to find somebody that believed in me as much as I believed in me, mm -hmm. because there were some people that would discount me. I'd walk into a professional interview. I'd do my best. And you could just see it all yeah, over their face yeah. that this guy is not a professional. Yeah. This isn't going to work. So um, I entered the insurance world. I was in marketing. Then I entered the insurance world. Um, and, and then I just learned, I went to a lot of networking events. I started hanging out with people. I had people that were brutally honest, but gentle to me yeah. as well. And, and to help me understand, and instead of yelling at me or giving up on me would take me to the side and be like, man, you're a jerk. This doesn't work here. Yeah. You can't do that here. You can't, this is not. And I'm like, all right, cool. If I want to live in this world, this is what I'm going to have to do. Yeah. So when you keep talking about a team. I honestly just made sure the people that I accepted jobs from and worked with were able to give me that feedback and to help me grow as a human being. Yeah. So over the last few years, um, 
over the last few years for Titan Digital, the company I work for, they've been exceptional with knowing that what my background is, where I come from, that uh, they let me be me because I found my talents, they found my talents, and we know where I fit in. And through that, I started in sales, and now I'm director of marketing up for a VP over over the media division. Because I just went and got in there and I worked and I applied all these concepts to if something needed to be done, I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to set goals and I'm going to achieve those goals. Those goals get a victory lap and then a new goal is set that I am going to work with purpose. I'm going to work with drive. I'm going to value myself and I'm going to accept criticism and, and use all of those things to grow. Because when I started this journey with that cigarette to the arm, I thought there was going to be an end to this journey. Yeah. That's how dumb I was. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that one day I was going to be done, like a like like a bread. Yeah. You put it in the oven. Forty five minutes later, you have bread. <laughs> this will never be a baked cake. Yeah. I will I will be instituting this, learning more things, learning more things, just like how you said my team. Yeah. I love that. So I'm going to completely steal that in my brain now. Yeah. And now I'm going to refer to all these pieces and parts of me of a team yeah. because Ken said it to me. And yeah. I'm going to constantly be like gum on a barbershop floor and pick up everything around me to help grow into the person that I need to grow into. Yeah. I tell people, you you are a sum of all. You never lose anything. Yes. You are a sum of all. So it doesn't matter uh, where you are at all, because it is all right. And I know a lot of people who are like, I can't do this. I, no, 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 no. You're missing the point. All of you is yes. right. It, the, your past, all of it, because it'll, it, it will assist you in becoming. And I, I, I started uh, the show and I told you, uh, some people always ask me, what do you pers- personal growth people all about? And I said, we're about becoming. And I love that uh, uh, yes. uh, because it's, uh, to me, in my mind, when I say that, I see a unending universe, meaning that it's that big. Uh, my intention is to grow and become until I rest this body down and walk into that next uh, arena. Uh, but while I'm here, I want to continue to become. And that means that I have to learn more. I have to ask more questions. I have to excavate my behavior, my reactions to someone saying something to me. I I reacted. Why did I react that? Why did I uh, do that? I have caused this person harm. What was that trigger? All of those things that uh, will assist me and again, I'm bringing in as I go, like you, I go and I study to bring a, um, more team members. A little line in a book to me is a team member I've just brought into my space. Uh, uh, something I hear on a podcast. That's a part of my team now that's going to help me to be come. And so I want to invite you guys to come this, on this journey that we are talking about. Uh, people label it... Uh, um, you know, personal development, I think to me, I I call it enlightenment. Enlightenment to me means that you and I are just becoming better students of us. That's it to me. That's enlightenment. It is not about sitting on a tree. As I become better and uh, uh, more 
empathy in my life and all these other things, I can respond to Ryan with a different a degree of deepness that someone who doesn't have it can respond. And so we want you guys to come along and, and be a part of this journey to get to know who you are. I'm talking to this young man that has been through some stuff, that has gone through some things that uh, uh, people would consider darkness. He talked about his marriage. He talked about uh, mental issues and stuff like that, that America um, is fighting and, and there's a stigma on it. Get help. He got help. Get help. You are some precious stuff, man. Don't let um, Ryan talk about that because it is it is uh, people need to hear, especially from someone who has gone through like you, um, that someone needs to be encouraged because there's lots of people out there, Ryan, that need encouragement when it comes to this aspect in their mind. Talk to them. You're, you are, someone has broken down there like you, sitting in that area with the cigarette, making that decision and, and talking. Uh, speak to that person. Speak to you, Ryan, where you were at that time as you are right now, this Ryan here that we're seeing. Speak to that Ryan that is sitting there with the cigarette in his hand, taking his last couple of puffs. Um, you are worth something. No matter what you feel on the inside, but it's work to find it. And you have to be willing to put that work in. I would love, love nothing more than to find that encouragement through platitudes, but it's work. It's the work you're getting ready to put into it that you're going to find that redemption in. You have to make that decision to be better. And not only that decision is you have to put the work in to be better. I didn't always do what made me happy. I did what made me better. I did what made me great. I did what made me feel better about myself and life and built on me being a better person. You may be correct. You might be a jerk. You, you might be hard to be around. You might be the source of all your problems. But that is the first step to identifying the solution. If you ever have a problem, what's number one? You identify the problem so you can work on a solution. It's not going to be an easy road. It's not going to be full of sunshine and lollipops. It'll have those moments, yeah. but it will be the best road that you've ever stepped foot on. And your work will determine where you get to. You can't just sit down and hope to get better. You have to go do the work to be better. You have to find people that are better than you. You have to find people that know better than you that have been through this experience because they'll be more kind to you than you've ever been to yourself. Yeah. And that would be the last one is be kind to you out of all the people in your life. You are the only person that you're guaranteed to wake up with every day. You are stuck with yourself for the rest of your life. Love yourself, be kind to yourself and make yourself the best partner that you can be. Yeah, that's a solid advice because I remember when I was going through my journey and uh, one of the things was um, guilt, as I mentioned early, I was ashamed of, of, of things. And I remember when I started um, my, my journey about loving me, because, uh, which was a difficult thing to, 
to have those conversations. But I remember looking in the mirror sometimes, Ryan, I would walk by and say, man, I love you. You, 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 you know, you're not perfect and you shouldn't be, but I love you. But I know we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. I'm with you. I, I am, I'm your cheerleader. And I remember uh, talking to myself and when I get up in the morning, I'd be in my corporate America heading out and meditation helped me a lot, guys. Meditation helped me. It saved my life. Let me put it this way. Meditation saved my life. It helped me to manage my days before I manage my days. You would not believe the amount of strength and wisdom that you gain from those minutes uh, being with yourself. Ryan had talked about how he had to learn how to speak to himself there to gently, you know, I'm telling you guys, meditation is one of the most powerful places to sit with yourself. Don't be afraid. Uh, you will get to know who you are at a deeper level. All the sages of old, all the masters, that's where they got and mastered themselves was right there in that meditation. So I invite you guys to get in that space. I had to learn how to get in there. Um, I know I used her, Kelly Howell. You guys find all her stuff. Um, and brain sync is her, her thing, and that's all she does. So, uh, Ryan, I want to thank you, man. This has been a powerful uh, conversation, and those that I wanted to make sure that you were able to speak to those, to that Ryan that was sitting there with the cigarette. So those that are listening that may have, see yourself there, um, here's a gentleman that has walked the walk and can guide you and we will provide everything. I want you guys to get into his space. Everything that he does, I want you to get familiar with him, get into his energy, steal, not even steal, a wrong word. Uh, grab his wisdom, suck it out of him, get into his space and, and probe him and ask questions and, and dance with his mind so that you can excavate those little phrases. That will change your life because I got someone who's been there, familiar. He's out of it and he's continually learning so that he can guide you even more as you are asking for his guidance. Ryan, thank you so much, man, for coming. Hey, thank you so much. Um, if anybody wants to reach out and talk to me, uh, Ryan at titandigital.com, easiest way to get a hold of me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, find me either one there. Uh, you can um, you can reach out. F feel free to personal message me. Feel free to DM and go, man, I was there. I need some help. Yeah. Or I, I just want to have a talk or can we chat? Uh, I'm an open book. A hundred percent. We can do that. Uh, if you want to check out my podcast, if you're in the business mind and business space, uh, just go to smallbusinessdelivered.com. That's our podcast network. It's got me and some other shows. They're way more business focused. Uh, it's not going to be an emotional stint, uh, but you'll find all of our shows and business shows there. But if you find yourself uh, questioning if you should be here on the mortal coil or if, or, or if you're me with that cigarette, a hundred percent, just reach out uh, day or night. Uh, and, and I'll get back to you absolutely as soon as I can. I tell people the same and just reach out. We want you not to check out. Um, 
you got some stuff Absolutely. to do. You have a lot of things to do. You have a lot to learn about you, how great you are, and someone else needs you. So you, you can't check out yet. As um, uh, you know, I believe we're all here as a unit, as a team. As even though we have to learn individually, I believe there is even a greater assignment of interdependence, and I think. That is the ultimate prize that we get beyond the individual growth. We have the interdependent growth on where we hold each other's hand, walk with each other, uh, encourage each other. And I'm going to provide all of his stuff so that you can reach him. And uh, if you're listening to us, uh, stop and uh, get in touch with, with Ryan. Get in touch with me if you can't get in touch with I will, I will get it to him. Just, just reach out. Okay. Um, again, Ryan, thank you so much, man, for coming. Hey, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me.